So one of the things I want to start off with in Interlight Ministries is that we have three main concepts that if you can remember these and apply these, this is really a good start to building a solid foundation on your spiritual walk. And the first one we talk about is always meditation. The action of meditation or going within. And I always like to say going within to what? It's really about going into the spirit of who we are and that God is, that loving is. There's all kinds of things to go into. So it's good to ask, and that's why I even present it that way, what is it you're choosing to go into? What do you want to go into? Just if you happen to meditate, well, there's all kinds of meditations. And you can choose to focus on just about anything you want, and you can call that a meditation. So in Interlight Ministries, we're here to present a meditation action of going into the Spirit, that Spirit of God, of loving, of peace, of acceptance, of joy, and all the other qualities you might consider spiritual is what our focus is here. But again, that's up to you if that's the journey you want to focus into as well. And after the meditation, we have a, a simple, fun acronym, L-A-F, LAF. And that stands for loving, accepting, and forgiving. Pretty simple, right? And there often is a lot of laughter here in this group. Laughter is often a sign of freedom. And that's what comes when we really live the spirit of who we are. There's a great freedom where we're able to let go, to forgive, all those attachments, restrictions, fears, judgments, that we've taken on from the world around us, that we've created from within ourselves, that we project out, out onto the world to keep feeding and stirring the pot. Well, here's the opportunity through loving, accepting, forgiving ourselves and others and God that we can begin to set ourselves free so that we really can live more in that peace and love and joy of spirits. And so LAF, that LAF acronym, is a simple way to remember that. So we have meditation, LAF, and then the third, main principle that we like to share about here in Interlight Ministries, we call it taking responsibility for our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and our reactions. And that's probably the biggest one and maybe the most challenging one, to take responsibility. Because most of the time, what do we want to do? We want to place the blame somewhere else. It's not my fault. I didn't create this. They did it to me. The world did it to me. I'm the victim here. So taking responsibility or ownership is another way I like to say for all of our thoughts, positive or negative, for all of our feelings, good or bad, for all of our actions, good or bad there as well, and of course our reactions that often we judge as bad to react, but maybe not. Maybe our reactions are there for a reason, and if we are willing to look, that we can begin to learn from our reactions. A lot of, in the East, they call that karma. The way we like to talk about karma here, as we share it, is really unlearned lessons. But how do we learn the lessons if we're not willing to look and to learn? So it takes a level of willingness, of openness, of vulnerability, and maybe even a little bit of humility to really begin to look at ourselves and observe ourselves to see what it is that we're doing. What are we doing in ourselves? What are we projecting? What are we promoting within ourselves? How are we thinking and feeling? And what are we doing about that? What are we doing with that? Are we taking responsibility? Are we playing the victim? Are we willing to take responsibility and love and accept and forgive ourselves beyond 
all what we would often call a negative or emotional, a negative, or what do they call it, stinking thinking. I haven't heard that one in a while. It's probably still out there. And whatever other way you might want to describe what people would call bad or judging or negative in any way. So it's a way to set ourselves free, to liberate the soul from all these attachments. Because even the positive can be an attachment. The good things in life, the pleasurable things, we will often attach ourselves to. We're looking for the perfect life. I like to call it the romanticy. The romantic fantasy of the perfect partner, the perfect job, the perfect life, whatever that may be. We all have our fantasies of what that is. And yet we always struggle with that. Because we often don't find ourselves having those expectations met of what our fantasies are. And when they're not, what happens? We often get disappointed, depressed. We get frustrated. We try to control it and force it. We get desperate. And it just seems like our lives sometimes feel like they're caving in on ourselves. And that's often the point, for better or for worse, when that begins to happen, that we begin to search. That we begin to search. And it's often in those challenging times in life, the tribulations, that gets us to look and wonder, is there something more? Is there something more than what I'm doing? Is there really something spiritual beyond this physical creation, beyond my emotional self, beyond all the beliefs and the thoughts that I have? And that's a good stirring, even if it seemingly starts with a negative experience. But if you can begin to look at even the negative experiences, that maybe they're not really bad. Maybe they're really opportunities to begin to really look at ourselves, to look at our lives, to see what we are doing, to see what we are creating and promoting, whether than ourselves and out in the world around us. So that part of taking responsibility for our thoughts and feelings and our actions and reactions is a very important part, not only in the spiritual journey, but just in life itself. Have you noticed when you take responsibility for your life, it seems to work better for you? Have you noticed when you don't take responsibility, you tend to have more problems and challenges? And I'm not saying you don't have the problems and challenges even when you take responsibility. All I can say is for myself, I've noticed my life is easier when I take responsibility than when I don't. But again, that's part of the journey for each of us to look at for ourselves and to learn from our own life experience and to take that upon ourselves. It often is a commitment, but yet a commitment not in that it's an obligation, but rather a commitment in that it's an intention to begin to really look, to really want to begin to wake up and to discover who we are truly as a human, not as just a personality or the ego, but as a human, as in a full spiritual being that is beyond that personality, ego nature, or I often like to say the animal nature. The human body is a mammal. It's part of this physical creation that is animalistic in its nature. It's often cruel. It's one that focuses on birth and death, survival, starvation, all these things. It is one of ever striving, striving the first to stay alive, and then even striving to gain as much 
out of life as we can. But that striving is something we may want to look at. Is, that, is our striving coming out of the animalistic desires and craving, and what often referred to as addictions and obsessions and possessions? Or is that striving coming out of a yearning and a longing of our soul, really longing to know itself and to know its oneness with God, to really experience a greater fullness of loving and joy and the spiritual qualities that are part of the soul and its spiritual nature. So it's up to us to look. And here's the funny thing. It is as simple as looking. And in the looking is where we will begin to learn just by observing. Look, listen, feel. And if you want, even taste it and touch it. But that's a little bit hard to do spiritually until we begin to go into the spirit of who we are and begin to awaken the spiritual senses rather than the physical senses that we associate with this world. So in this journey, we begin to lift our focus to a higher nature, that spiritual part of who we are, to begin to awaken the spiritual senses of inner seeing, inner knowing, inner hearing, inner feeling, and even inner tasting and smelling, that we can begin to really know that true divine nature of who we are spiritually. And in that, believe it or not, it's amazing how this physical creation is such, such a good reflection, or maybe a very poor reflection of the truth Spiritually, it's often referred to as as above, so below. The Garden of Eden often will look just like this physical world. But that's part of the game here. That out of the spiritual realms from which we've all come, that Garden of Eden, we often refer to as our true home of the soul or the soul realm. And from that place, who we are spiritually has simply come out of that place that kingdom of God within, and have come into this physical reflective quality of God. Not as something separate from God, although the experience here is one of separation, and we often feel alone, or the pain that goes with feeling separate from God. But really, maybe we're just here on a journey that we've never been separate from God, that we've really never left that spiritual kingdom, but all we've done is simply turned away and began to look into the reflection. Have you ever seen a really still body of water, and on the top of that water you see the reflection above of the sky, the mountains, the trees, the sun? And if it's really still, sometimes it's hard to differentiate between what is the reflection on the top of the water and what is the actual sky above. It's like that. Well, that reflection on that top of the water is what we're really doing in this world, is that we simply have turned away from the truth and simply focused on the reflection and have pursued after that reflection, thinking that it was real, believing it to be so, and always wondering, why when I go to grasp it, it's just like sticking my hand in water. I go to grasp it, 
and all of a sudden all you see is some water and some ripples rather than actually being able to pick up that reflection that you see on the top of the water. Because you can't. The reflection's an illusion. There's nothing real there. You can feel the water, then you pick your hand up and there's nothing there. Your hand's wet. Okay, so there's substance. That substance is what we can refer to as the reflection. Or the lake of reflection is what we often call it spiritually. Some people have referred to it as the etheric realm or the great void. Even in the Bible, it said God created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was void and without form. So that void is what we often refer to as the surface of that water or the lake of reflection. And so there is a reflection in this world as a reflective quality of spirit. If we can even begin to just understand, even if it's just an idea, but that idea might give us at least a little bit of something to begin to maybe look at things differently, to maybe not look at it with such seriousness, or to realize that even those things we're trying to grasp, that even the things that we are able to grasp, that we realize they're temporary, and they only last for so long. And eventually, we find ourselves once again pursuing the next thing in the world, chasing after that next desire, hoping and wishing that it's going to fulfill us. Once again, back into the romantic fantasy of trying to find the perfect physical life. And then we get disturbed once again and in our despair and down. Oh man, it's such a bummer sometimes talking about all this. But again, if you hear what I'm sharing, it is often at those most disturbing times that gets us to take another look, to turn around and maybe begin to question life and begin to question if there really is another reality that is beyond this physical world. And I don't mean just this physical world that we can touch here. I also mean even the imagination and the emotions the mind, and even the unconscious and subconscious parts of us that are part of the physical nature. But to really begin to look beyond all of that, to begin to look into the spirit of who we are, and to begin to pursue that divine truth rather than the pursuit of the reflection. And so, in ILM here, that's our pursuit, is of the spiritual nature to begin to awaken and become aware of that truth of the divinity of who we are and that God is. And the main way we do that is through this action we call meditation, where we begin to close our eyes. And in closing our eyes, what are we doing? We're letting go of our gaze out into the physical creation and saying, I am letting go of my physical pursuits and I'm going to begin to turn my attention within and begin to pursue the Spirit and begin to awaken that movement of loving that is within me and all of creation. And so we have to have a purposefulness, an intent, a direction to focus our attention so that we can even begin to set a course. Otherwise, we wander around aimlessly. And believe me, there's a lot to wander around, just like on this planet. There's a lot to see on this planet. 
Well, can you imagine then, when you go into your imagination, how much there is to wander in the realm of imagination? Or the emotions, all that there is to experience emotionally? Even though most of us probably don't want to go there anymore, we've had enough of that. Or we begin to pursue the mind and all the thoughts and belief systems and all the things we can chase after there. Or when we've had enough of it, we prefer to go unconscious and kind of numb ourselves out to it all and avoid it. That's right, avoid. That's the great void. That void is actually a barrier that separates the soul from the spiritual creation that is beyond the mind. And that is often the most challenging part of the spiritual journey, is beginning to see beyond the void. That void is often referred to as complete darkness. Just completely dark. Have you ever been in a cave way down into the earth and there's literally no light whatsoever? I have. It is a strange experience. Complete darkness. And that's what it's like in this place we call a void that separates the spiritual realms from the physical realms of the mind, the emotions, imagination, and body. And so it is through that great void that often the soul finds its greatest challenge of beginning to move beyond this physical world. There's a great many monks and Zen masters and Buddhists and all kinds that practice deep meditations that they can find themselves rising above all of their fantasies, rising above their emotions, rising above all their thoughts to this place of stillness. They often call it nirvana, where they've risen above the mind to the very beginning of that great void where there's nothing, a great nothingness. And in that, there is a great peace. There is a peace there. Peace be still is a phrase that is often referred to. And that takes a lot just to get to that place of peace and stillness. But many stop there, not realizing there's something beyond that place of peace and stillness or beyond that great void. And so the spiritual journey that we share here in Interlight Ministries is that journey beyond even the void and back into the true spiritual kingdom where there's life and vitality, where the action of creativity is seen and experienced in its fullness and true. The soul is creative by nature and loving. The soul is made in the likeness of God. God is creative and loving. And the soul made in God's likeness is creative and loving. And so it is up to us to discover our loving and creative nature. And it is that movement of loving and creativity that even stirs our thoughts and our feelings and our imagination and even our physical actions that we take. It is the creativity of the soul that gives life and moves all these other levels of our consciousness. The challenge is we have gotten lost in it all. We've gotten caught up and attached to all of our thoughts and feelings and fantasies and physical actions. The truth is the soul has never stopped creating or loving. We've just simply lost sight of, we've lost our focus 
of the truth of who we are and have rather looked into that which we are expressing through the thoughts and the feelings and the imagination and the body. So all we're doing in this action that we call meditation is beginning to let go and turn our focus away from the body, the imagination, the emotions, and the mind. Have I said it enough times now so you know what I'm talking about? And really begin now to focus beyond all of that and into the divine light and loving that we truly are, the soul, that aspect of God we often refer to as the living, loving essence of the Lord. And so, that's what we're going to move into here in just a few minutes. I'm going to be leading us into a meditation, but before I do, I'm going to describe a little bit more about the meditative technique that we share here in Inner Light Ministries. And now you've heard what it is that we're doing, the journey of the soul beyond all this physical creation and then to the spirit. I just wanted to lay out with purposefulness and clarity and intention so that you know what we're here to do, what we're sharing here in ILM, what our goal is, what our focus is, what our purpose is, and then the rest is up to you. And we're simply here to support you on that journey. And so one of those supports is teaching a specific meditation technique that as you practice it, it gives you the opportunity to begin to awaken, to begin to literally witness and see and experience that living light of spirit that you are. Who you are can be seen by the spiritual eye, the spiritual eye, the eye of the soul. We can literally see our own inner light, our own inner light, and the light of God, or the light of the Holy Spirit. That great universal consciousness, that creative expression of God's loving, as we begin to direct our attention into that light that we literally can awaken to it. We can see it, we can hear it, we can experience it, we can feel it, we can know it. We just have to give ourselves the opportunity to do that. And so that's what meditation is, is the opportunity to truly awaken into that. But we have to know how to do that, where to focus, what to do in order to allow that door to the divine to open within our consciousness so that we truly can begin to witness that divine truth inside of us. It is not something in the world. It is something within our consciousness. So what we're going to do here in this meditation is very simple. We're going to simply close our eyes so we can let go of our physical outer focus. And we're going to focus our attention up here to this place we call the seat of the soul. The seat of the soul. This place, it's often referred to as a doorway. Some people call it the third eye. We actually like to look at it as a little bit higher than the third eye, the spiritual eye, the eye of the soul. It's above the eyebrows. It's in the back and the center of the head, and often the top of the head. So this is a physical reference point. Here, above the eyebrows, top of the head, forehead. Just bring your attention up here. Simply it is focusing your attention there. And as you focus your attention there, 
just begin to allow the body to relax, allowing the imagination to relax, allowing the emotions just to settle down, allowing the thinking just to come quiet, and just focusing our attention at the seat of the soul. But I'm going to be speaking for another minute or two yet before we actually move in here, because there's a couple other things here that we want to do as well as allowing our consciousness to relax and hold our attention at the seat of the soul. That's just the beginning. The action of meditation to truly wake up and know the divine is both active and passive. It is not one or the other. It is both. Think about this. Anybody you're in relationship with that you can say I love you with, isn't it great to both say I love you and also for the other person to say I love you back? And that experience, that exchange of loving, what it does and stirs inside of us? Well, that's the same thing we want to do with God. So in meditation, we want to both share our loving with God and also receive God's loving for us. So it's both active and receptive. I don't even want to say passive, it's more receptive. You're actively receiving as well as actively giving. We often refer to this as an active meditation, that we have a very specific focus and an expression and an action to take in this meditation so that as we share our loving, it gives us direction of where loving can take us. And it opens the door in our consciousness to where that loving is. There's a doorway into the mind, there's a doorway into the emotions, there's a doorway into the imagination, and a doorway in the body. This place we call the seat of the soul is the doorway into the physical body where the soul comes into and leaves this physical consciousness. And that's why we focus here at the door. That seat of the soul is a doorway where that divine light of spirit that we really are enters into and leaves this physical consciousness. So we need to focus into the soul of who we are. Not here in the body, that's just the reference. Into the spirit of who we are is where we want to place our focus. So we're going to be focusing on the soul and we're going to be sharing our loving with God and receiving God's loving for us. And there's one more way I want to add to this. We're going to also be chanting what is referred to as a sacred name of God. Hugh, H-U. Just like the word human. God, man. That Hugh is what is referred to as a sacred name of God. And that by chanting or repeating that name, whether silently inside of ourselves or out loud, is a repetition in that name that it begins to stir that loving awake within us. And it is in that stirring that we begin to awaken to that movement of loving in both the giving and receiving. So as we go into this meditation, at one point, I'm going to actually be guiding us into the meditation, and at one point I'll be asking us to chant the hue out loud just so we can have an experience of that sound, that frequency. We call this a pathway of sound and light because there is both an inner light and an inner sound that is the expression of God's loving. And so we want to focus on both the light and the sound. To ever pay attention and watch for that inner light. 
that often appears a gold and white light, but also a purple and a blue. That purple and blue light is a movement of the Holy Spirit, which is God's loving and expression. And it is through that purple and blue light that begins to stir the soul awake here at the seat of the soul in the physical consciousness. And that's what we're looking for, is a stirring to wake up. So that first part is to stir ourselves awake. And then chanting that sacred name is a way to begin to stir that loving awake within us so that we even begin to know that there's something there. That it's not just me and my thoughts or me and my body, but there really is something beyond all of that. And believe me, when you begin to see that inner light, whether that purple or blue or golden white, it's quite an eye-opener to say the least. And then with that, just as we chant the hue, and it's often called the song of the soul's love for God, that also there is a true inner sound where we can hear what is referred to as that still small voice of God. And you can literally hear it as a voice, but also that inner sound can come in many other ways. And the most common ways are through the sounds of nature, the sounds of music. A lot of people have a ringing in their ears. Many of you maybe even had it checked out and thought you had tinnitus. And the doctors say there's nothing wrong with your ears. You go, why am I having this ringing all the time? Well, that ringing might actually be a spiritual sound. That I know for a fact because I have followed that inner sound in meditation and have gone to where it originates from. And it originates in a very high spiritual place. So even a ringing, that high pitch frequency you may hear inside already, is a sound to pay attention to. So listen as we move into meditation. Watch and look for the inner light. And feel, often when we go into meditation, you'll feel sensations pressures, tingling, warmth or coolness on the top of your head or forehead, and maybe even flooding through your whole body. You know when you get goosebumps, that quickening it's often referred to? That's often when we've opened the door and have allowed that movement of spirit to flood us. So it's not just the top of the head, but then through our whole consciousness. So part of this is also learning to receive learning to receive God's loving for you, to let it in, let it move you, even if it moves you to tears, if it moves you to laughter, if it moves you to stillness and peace, if it moves you in creative ways, just let it move. The time to receive, and then it'll often quiet down, and when it comes quiet, well, it's time to give. It's like breathing in and out. So you wanna both love God, and allow God to love you. Breathe in, breathe out, back and forth, an exchange of loving. But it's not always the same rhythm of the breath. You may be loving God for a few minutes, 10 minutes straight, chanting to you, loving God, and then it gets still and quiet, and then you go into receiving, and then you spend several minutes now receiving God's love for you. So it's a different type of a breath. This is called the breath of spirits. It's not the physical breath. We're not doing a physical yoga here. We're doing a spiritual movement of giving and receiving.
So the meditation practice that we do here is that giving and receiving and loving. And by having a focal point at the seat of the soul, in a mantra or a sacred name of God, the hue that we use, it helps to focus both that light and sound of the spiritual essence that we and God are. And it is in that action of giving and receiving that it brings us, it bridges the gap of where we think we're separate from God. And in that loving, it begins to bridge that gap where it actually moves us into the oneness with God that we can truly wake up and know our divinity in its fullness, not as a thought or a fantasy, but as a true living experience. And so that's what we're going for here in the meditation, is to have a true living experience of that spiritual living, loving essence.